the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. Let me make it even more plain because somebody just thought I isolated them from Kettering Baptist Church. No, I ain't talking about Kettering Baptist Church. I'm talking about the church of the living God. You cannot be his child. You cannot be a Christian, which means to be Christ-like, if you don't know who Christ is. So it's on this foundation you first need to know who I am. Because he tells Peter, it's on this rock that I'm going to build my church. It's on this foundation that I'm going to build my church. So we need the church to convey who he is. How is the world going to know who he is if we don't tell them who he is? Because we've already seen in the text, the world is saying, when he asks the question, who do men say that I am? Oh, they say you John the Baptist. They say you, you Elijah or some other prophet. They, they got all kind of answers to who they think you are. And look around you today. Who do men say he is? Oh, he's just a good man. He's another prophet. I I believe he existed, but I don't believe he's God. But, But no, the foundation of the church is knowing by the revelation of God himself who he is. Peter said, thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christos. You are the one and the only one who was promised to come through 42 generations. You are the one who's going to die on a cross. You are the one who is our redemption plan. You are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one who's going to make it possible for us to be called children of God. That's what, that's what Peter is saying. He says, okay, Peter, on this rock, on this foundation, on this truth, on this mega truth, on this solid foundation, on this Petra rock of confidence, I'm going to build my church. And so in order for the church to keep being built, the church needs to keep conveying who he is. We need to keep telling people who he is. We need to keep sharing the revelation of who he is. And as we keep sharing the revelation of who he is, the church keeps on growing. So, yeah, we need the church. We need the church to to declare and to convey the revelation of who he is. Because if we don't, then people are left up to what men say or who men say he is. And if we leave the world up to deciding what men or who men say he is, we ain't never going to make it into heaven. Help me, Lord Jesus. So I'm, I'm kind of glad, I don't know how y'all feel about it, I'm kind of glad that the church was about its business when it came to me. That the church helped me to understand who he was. 
that there was a preacher in the house of God who declared without apology that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and nobody can get to God except they come through him. I'm kind of glad about that. I'm glad that the church had not compromised when I came along and blended itself in with who men say he is. We need the church to declare by divine revelation who God says he is. Y'all still here with me? Secondly, he says to him, Peter, also you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'm going to build my church on this foundational truth that has been revealed to you by the Father. That's how I'm going to build my church. But watch this. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. What he doesn't say, stay with me, he does not say that the gates of Hades will not come against it. Which helps me understand something, that at the moment of declaration, of revelation of who he is, I ought to expect opposition from the gates of hell. Are y'all still here? Because he's telling us right here, here's how I'm going to build my church, but there's going to be opposition from the gates of Hades, that's hell, but the gates of hell will not overthrow this truth. Okay, let me, y'all look at me kind of funny. So when we declare he is God, the gates of Hades is going to come and say, he ain't God. When we declare he's the way, the truth, and the life, nobody can get to God except they come to him. The gates of hell is going to come and say, oh, no, there's other ways. There's many other ways to get to God. You can get to God any kind of other way. As long as you have a good heart, as long as you meditate long enough, as long as you burn enough incense, as long as you sell enough newspapers, as long as you sell enough moon pies, as long as you visit enough sites, as long as you do all this. No, no, no. No, we need to declare with confidence and assurance he is the only way. But expect that the gates of Hades is coming with all kinds of opposition. Y'all still here with me? If I tell you there's going to be opposition, you won't be surprised when it comes. Y'all hear? And so that's why I believe Jesus lets them know the gates of Hades is coming against you. Now, uh, the the phrase, let me me help you with this. Uh, In in ancient times, in biblical times, the gates was the place where the wise men of the city came together and they planned and they strategized. So their plans and plots and strategies for the city and for wartime would be made at the gates. When Jesus says the gates of hell are coming against the church it is watch this an obligation of the church to contend against the gates of hell so we're not just conveying the revelation of who jesus is but we have the responsibility as the church to contend against the gates of hell we've got to stand and withstand the attack that's going to come against us and against the church from the gates of hell Watch this. And the gates of hell, if I use this whole idea that the gates is where the strategies are planned, what that helps me to understand is we as the church have to be in place to contend against the strategies and the plans of the devil and the and the wisdom that comes from the city of hell. Are y'all still here with me? So hell is making a plan. They're sitting at the gate making a plan how they're gonna overcome this truth that has been revealed. How they gonna how they gonna turn over the idea that Jesus is God. How are they going to overturn the idea that he's the only way? And so they've come up with all kinds of plans to overturn 
the truth that has been conveyed. Can I tell y'all one of them? We are all the same. We're all God's children. That's a lie from the front doors of hell's gates. We ain't all the same. We are not all God's children. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that for those who have not received him, you are not his children. You're none of his. In fact, he says you are of your father, the devil, who you've been birthed in and in sin and iniquity. That's your daddy. It's, we're not all God's children. And guess what? Just because you acknowledge there is a God doesn't make you my brother in Christ. The scripture says the devil believes there's a God. Oh, I believe, I believe, I believe there's a God. So does the devil. And trembles. You haven't done nothing by saying you believe in God. But if, if, if we can watch this, if the enemy's strategy is to cause us all to believe we're all okay and we're all the same, guess what? We'll stop as the church declaring the revelation of who Jesus is. Because I'll believe you and me, we're just the same. No, we ain't all the same. They'll get me to, to want to, to accept everything and anything that people throw out. I'm not going to accept that. You shouldn't accept that. Because we have a responsibility as the church to contend against the lies and the strategies that are made at the gates of hell that's coming against the house of God. That's why we need the church. If the church doesn't do its job, who's going to do it? We need the church to stand firmly on the foundation that Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is the son of the living God. That he is the one that Peter declares by revelation of God himself. That he is who he says he is. We need the church. The gates also, this, this phrase that is used, gates of hell, is also used to denote death. So, in their particular biblical time, if someone says, you know, you're laying on your bed and the doctor's been coming in and the nurse has been coming in and they say, well, the, the gates of hell are coming for So what they mean, you get ready to die. So this phrase, if I use that phrase in the context of this passage, if I use that understanding of the phrase, he says the gates of hell will not prevail once you have this truth. Y'all still here with me? So in other words, let me tell you, death is coming. Not only are the strategies and the tricks and devices and the plans of the devil coming against the kingdom of God, but death is coming too. Death is coming your way. And watch this. And the church has an obligation to stand and contend even against death. How do we do that? We do that by declaring who he is. Because I need you to understand something. Death is coming. Hello, Jesus. Death is coming. Y'all don't believe me. Pull up your phone and look at the picture that you took of yourself five years ago. That's proof. Death is coming. Let that dye wear out of your hair. See how gray it is. That's, 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 a, that's, that's a postcard from death that says I'm on my way. You remember when you used to get up in the morning, jump out the bed, run to the bathroom, but now you get up and sit on side the bed and say, Lord, have mercy. Where'd this pain come from, Lord Jesus? Help me make it to the bathroom. 
That's evidence that death is coming. You remember you used to be able to see anything and everything. You had 2040 vision and now you need spectacles to read anything. And it looked like the letters then got smaller and smaller. Who in the world made a Bible with number three font? It ain't number three font. It's number 12 font. It's just an indicator that death is coming. I want you to understand it's coming your way. But if you're not ready for it, when it comes, it'll defeat you. I'm going to build my church on the foundation of truth that Jesus is the Messiah. And when death comes, if you have received that truth, death won't defeat you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But if you deny the truth, death will defeat you when it comes. Let me read a couple passages for you because I need us to get this whole thing that we are going to face death, and because we're going to face death, 1 John 5, 5 says this. It says, who is he that overcomes the world? You want to overcome the world? You want to defeat death when it comes? Who is he that overcomes the world? John, 1 John 5, 5 says, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's how we contend against death when it comes. We need to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It, but you have a choice. You don't have to believe. First John chapter 2, verse 22 says, He is a liar. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. So you don't have to believe. You don't have to. It's up to you. But those who do believe overcome the world, and we overcome death when it comes, because death is coming. And the thing that's going to help me overcome death is knowing who Jesus is and believing who he is and putting my faith in who he is. But without that foundational truth, I'm none of his. And when death comes, death is going to defeat me. If I don't have, the, if I don't have that foundation, when the strategies come, the strategies are going to defeat me. And listen. I don't want to belabor this point, but I just see this thing so clearly that, that there's so many people that get pulled away from the truth. Watch this. Because the church is deemed unnecessary and the church is not about its business of making Christ known. And so when the strategies of the devil come, and y'all need to understand something about the devil. The devil is very cunning. He's he not going to just show up in a, a red suit and a pitchfork and a long tail. He's not going to show up that way. He's going to show up eloquently, well-dressed, smelling good, looking good, saying all the right things that you know. Because you don't know a whole lot of Bible, but he'll quote enough that you can grab a hold of and cause you to believe that it's spiritual. And so here you are trying to be spiritual, and he's going to slide you on away because you don't know the truth because it is the truth that makes you free. But it's a lie that keeps you in bondage. Lord, have mercy. It's the church's responsibility to convey the revelation of who Jesus is. It's the church's responsibility to contend against the gates of the devil. But he says this finally. It's going to be the church's responsibility to do here. He says to Peter in verse number 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Finally, it is going to be the church's responsibility to control the keys to the kingdom. We realize that the church is necessary to control the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. When we use this phrase here, bound on earth, loosed on earth, bound in heaven, loosed in heaven, it was a common 
kind of phrase that they used. And basically what they were just saying, whatever happens on earth happens in heaven. It wasn't literal, but it was a figurative speech. And so I just need to throw that out there so that we're not thinking that there's something extra here. But now many of theologians have argued this point and they've argued that this statement here is a kind of a, an, an apostolic gifting that was given only to Peter. And so I would contend against that because I believe if Peter's the only one with the keys to the kingdom of heaven, after Peter died, heaven's doors would have been shut up. Wouldn't be nobody else able to get in. In the one sense, Peter opens the doors to the kingdom on the day of Pentecost when he is preaching at Pentecost and thousands of people, Jew and Gentile, come to know the Lord. He opens the door with the key of the kingdom. And what key is that that he had? The key that was given to him by revelation of the Father that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is the one who has come, that Jesus is the Son of the living God. He opened up the doors of heaven that Jew and Gentile might hear the truth, that he might share with them not only the truth of the revelation, but the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he opens up the door there at Pentecost, Cornelius' house, So the key is the truth that he has of who Christ is. But he's willing to share that truth. It's not just enough to have the key, but you need to use the keys. Y'all still here with me? Okay, let me me see if I can get to you. I'm coming down your street. Now, Peter is not afraid to use the keys that he has, to share the revelation that he has. He's not afraid to say Jesus is the Christos, Jesus is the Messiah, and to unfold or open up, if you will, the mystery of the gospel. What is the mystery of the gospel? Well, here it is, that Jesus is God himself in the flesh, born of a virgin, lived 33 years without sin. Y'all still here? Crucified on a cross died, watch this, innocent. He didn't die guilty. He died innocent, was buried in humility, raised incorruptible. That means without sin. He got up from the grave without sin because he went in with only your sin and mine. He didn't go in with any sin of his own, which allowed him to get up with all power in his hand. He ascended gloriously to the throne of God, sits down on the right hand of the Father, and right now is making intercession for you and for me. Mystery of the gospel, opening up the gospel that he is who he said he is. And Peter wasn't ashamed to share the good news and to use the keys so that he can open up the kingdom of God so that others could come on in. Now watch this. You got the same keys. You've got the same revelation of who Jesus is. You've got the same revelation of the mysteries of the gospel. And if you never knew them before, I just told you what they were. So you've got the same keys. Now watch this. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, Jesus is, he's issuing out some woes to the Pharisees and the scribes. Now watch this. This is how I know that Peter ain't the only one with keys. He's issuing some, some, some woes to them. And his first woe to the scribes and the Pharisees is he calls them hypocrites. He says, you hypocrites. He says, you shut up the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you lock up heaven's doors. Against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who were entering to go in. Watch this. So their hypocrisy 
and their denial of who Jesus is closes the doors of heaven, locks up the doors of heaven, and won't let others come in. Y'all still here with me? If they can lock up heaven with their denial of who Jesus is, if they can lock up heaven with their hypocrisy, you ain't going to tell me that we can't open up the doors of heaven with the truth and with the revelation of who he is. And so we, like Peter, have keys to the kingdom and the church is needed so that we can open up the kingdom of God so others can come in. Now, I know, I know how it is. Sometimes we, 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 sometimes we get selfish. Okay, I get it. Sometimes, come on, let's just be for real. Sometimes we just, we just glad that we say Come on, let's just be honest. Sometimes, you know, you're just glad that you say, I ain't, well, if nobody else can say, that's all right with me, but I got my ticket. Lord, have mercy. Y'all sure act sanctimonious. How, how, Pastor, how do you know we do that? Because you don't share the truth with anybody else. If you were interested in somebody else getting a ticket, then you would be involved in opening up the kingdom of heaven for them. But since you got your ticket, you know you going in. You ain't concerned about nobody else, so you won't open up the doors. You won't use the keys you have of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and who he is to open up the doors for the person who sits beside you on the metro every day. That person who's on their way to hell that's in your family, you won't even open up the doors of the kingdom to let them in. That neighbor of yours who gets on your last nerve. Maybe if you open up the keys to the kingdom and let them in, they might become a friend and a brother or a sister. The church is needed and necessary so that we together collectively can convey the revelation of who Jesus is. If we don't do it, it won't get done. The church is necessary. If we're going to claim the corridor for Christ, it is necessary for the church to contend against the traps, tricks, and devices, and strategies of hell's gates coming against the church. The church is necessary. It's essential, necessary for us to control the keys to the kingdom. Watch this. If we open up the gospel, and share the good news. Watch this. We can loose people who are bound in sin by sharing with them the good news of the gospel. They can be set free from the penalty of sin. And we can loose them on earth. And if they're loosed on earth, they shall be loosed in heaven. Y'all still here with me? But if, watch this, but the same gospel that we share with them, that same good news that we share with them, it's up to them. If they deny the truth, then guess what? They're going to be bound in the same sin that they're already in, and they won't be able to escape death when it comes. So with the gospel, we can bind them or we can loose them. Lord, have mercy. But they have a choice as to whether or not they're going to remain bound or whether they're going to be loose. Whether or not they will place their faith in the truth. But we need the church to convey that truth. We need the church to stand against the wiles and the gates of hell that's coming. We need the church to control those keys. Because if the church don't use the keys, how else will people get in? I'm glad you made it in. But your neighbor needs to make it in. Your coworker needs to make it in. Your enemy needs to make it in. And we have the keys to the kingdom. We have the ability 
to take the corridor for Christ. But we have to use what God has given us. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the power of your word. I pray that your spirit is moving even now to speak to hearts, to speak to minds. If someone here today, God, does not know you in the pardon of their sin, let them, God, be awakened today to realize that you paid the price for their sin so that they would not have to die and spend their eternity separated from you in hell. Lord, I'm praying that they would come to accept you today, accept the truth of the gospel. I'm praying, Heavenly Father, that you move on every heart, every mind. Someone's going through today and they need you in an extraordinary way. God, draw them to yourself. Lord, let the power of your presence manifest itself and accomplish what you set it forth to do. We need you, God. We need the church. We need to do our part. So, Lord, let your will be done and your way accomplished even now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.